Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Erlen, for joining us today. Erlen Russell is the uh, National Sales Manager of Tigerstop and owner of Erlen Russell & Associates, a independent manufacturer's rep organization. Thanks for joining us, Erlen. Thank you, Mike. Glad to be here. Let me tell you about some of the guests that are coming up on the show. Matt Mountain is going to be here next week. He helps companies in the area of implementing Salesforce.com. The next guest will be Greg Crowell. On May 18th, that's Friday the 18th, 4 o'clock, he's going to talk about uh, commercial real estate development and how he's growing his company. On the 24th of May, Robin Throckmorton of Strategic HR, she's going to be talking about how to outsource HR work for, for smaller companies to get the level of service that the larger companies are, are getting. Uh, Greg Hartman, who is the uh, CEO of Christian Moorline Brewing Company and general manager of the Moorline uh, Lager House at Over the Rhine, uh, will be our guest on the 25th of May. On the 31st of May, we're going to have Jody Schmidt-Gosling. She is the Eastern President of Possible Worldwide, one of the country's largest advertising agencies. So we've got a, a, a great selection of guests coming up, and we've got more scheduled that I'm not going to take the time now to talk about. Erlen, uh, why don't you give the folks a, an idea of your background and, and tell them how you got here. How, how did you get to be the uh, national sales manager for Tigerstop? And, and tell them a little bit about what Tigerstop does. I like the kid and say Tigerstop is the thing that Siegfried and Roy should have had a few years ago. That's right. We get that a lot, Mike. Uh, again, my name is Erlen Russell. I'm the owner of Erlen Russell Associates, and I'm the acting national sales manager for LLC. My background is that I was 35 years in factory operations, in manufacturing, uh, office furniture, uh, store fixtures, video games, library furniture, so a wide range of manufacturing wood, metal, and plastic products. After 35 years, I decided to retire from that and decided that I would at that point go into sales and selling machinery to support lean manufacturing, which was a specialty that I held since uh, 1980. I was one of the early adapters of lean manufacturing. Tigerstop was the product that came to mind uh, most clearly as a product that uh, brings that brings lean manufacturing techniques to the factory operation in very simple ways. Tigerstop was founded in 1994. It's 18 years old, and uh, we have 20,000 machines in North America 
8,000 machines in Europe, and uh, it's a really exciting product to sell. Is that what you want to hear, Mike? Terribly exciting. To- <laughs> and, and if anyone who has any questions that they'd like uh, Erland or me to answer, uh, our phone number today is 646 595 4916. I'll give you one more shot at that if your pen wasn't ready. 646 595 4916. You like that telephone number, Erland? Yeah, it's a great phone number. Okay. Uh, we'll be able to. Uh, Take your calls during the first commercial break and set them up to bring them on on the air live. Now, Arlen, have you told the folks how you got here and your background? Right? No, I didn't tell them how I got here, Mike. Well, why don't Thanks you tell them how you got here? And don't okay. tell them don't tell them you got off at exit 63B. <laughs> now, here's what happened. At, at every stage in my career, I've known that it's critical to get training, uh, whether it be management, whether it be in lean manufacturing, whether it be any stage of my uh, career. And so in this case, I thought, well, I need to get professional sales training. And I had no idea where to get started. I heard about a Chamber of Commerce meeting here in Cincinnati that uh, was going to have a sales trainer coming to speak. And I thought, well, I'll go and listen to that. And Mike Roth happened to be the speaker at that presentation. And um, that same day, Mike called me because I had signed up on a list. Mike called me and wanted to know what I was working on. And I met him. And I was really impressed with what he had to offer, which was a long-term sales training relationship. It was not just going to be a seminar that I heard at the Chamber of Commerce, but it was going to be a long-term reinforcement of the best sales training I think I could possibly have gotten. And so I've been doing this now for 10 years, and I come to these classes whenever I'm in town. And uh, at the beginning, I came two, three times a week. And then as I got busier because the sales techniques were working for me, I then uh, come less frequently. But it is, it's very important to do this. As, if, as I'm longer away from the training sessions, let's say I go two or three months without any training, when I come to class, it's clear that I need the refresher because I'm developing bad habits. I'm picking up uh, habits that uh, I, I don't want to do. I'm starting to do things with my client base and starting to lose sales as a result. So I always come back here, get a refresher, Mike boots me in the ass, and I'm back out on the road again, uh, raring to go. Good, good. Uh, Erlen, in uh, Tiger Stop, you guys go to market via distributors. Is that your area of responsibility? Uh, Yes, Mike. Uh, all of the sales guys at Tiger Stop deal with distributors more than we do end users. End users, obviously, they're end users because they're end users of our product. They're the ultimate customer. But our immediate customer is our dealer distributors and the reps in those organizations. When I started into this on my own and I found out what the uh, channel was for distributing Tiger Stops, I, what I did is I used my manufacturing mind to grab, get my mind around what was going on. So I looked at the territory that I had as the factory that I was needing to operate. I looked at all the distributors that were in that area as the supervisors of departments in that factory, and I looked at all those sales reps as being the workers in that department that were needing to get the job done. 
with that approach, I was able to uh, go to the dealers and make a big difference in terms of how they would approach their sales with Tiger Stop. I guess that's one of the number one questions I get in the the Sandler business is how do I improve sales of my company's widgets when I have to sell through a distribution channel that I don't control? The distributors aren't the end users. How do I get them to spend time with end users on my product line? Well, first of all, Mike, we have to understand what our end users' needs are. Why is it that they would even think about buying a Tiger Stop and putting one in their operation? Once we understand that, then we've got to go back to the sales rep, who now is going to represent us in front of those customers. And we've got to get them to understand that, but we also need to understand what are the problems that the sales rep is having himself. The biggest problem that sales reps have is selling product and getting enough sales so they have sufficient commission income every single month. Then we have to back up one more step, Mike, because we've got to get to the dealer distributor. And what is it that they want? They want more sales as well. And so we have to get mind share of the dealer principal, the owner of the company. He's got to be able to like and trust the people from TigerStop that are working with him. He has to know that we're going to do a good job training that his uh, reps that are out in the field that will spend the time with them to get them to understand the product and understand the customer's needs, and then ultimately the customer. So it's three levels deep. It's sometimes very difficult to manage, but it's uh, like anything else. If you're persistent at it and you develop the relationships, uh, it's a good working system. So how do we modify the behavior of the distributor salesperson? What have you done to have them promote Tiger Stop? Well, first of all, we have to develop a relationship with that uh, with that dealer rep. They have to not only trust us; they have to be able to they have to like us, and we have to uh, make them feel expert with the product in front of the customer. That's probably the number one thing. Uh, there are some sales guys out there that will never ever learn uh, what they need to do in terms of have having effective sales, and that has nothing to do with Tiger Stop. It has to do with them as salespeople. Good. Erlen, we're going to take a, a short break, and we'll be right back after these uh, these words about Sandler and a Sandler rule. Hi, I'm Rich Gorman with Sandler rule number 22. Only give a presentation for the kill. A skilled hunter knows how to track his prey cautiously and patiently and waits for the exact moment to fire his shot. He waits to make sure that his prized target is lined squarely in the crosshairs of his scope before pulling the trigger. As salespeople, our process should be very similar. We have a responsibility to make sure we know exactly what that prospect's needs and wants are and how our product or service can fulfill them. We also need to know exactly how much the prospect is willing to commit in terms of time, resources, and money to solving their problem. And we need to know the decision-making process that the prospect is going to go through in order to evaluate our product. And probably most importantly, we need to let the prospect know that we expect a decision at the end of our presentation. 
Only once we have a fully qualified prospect do we fire our kill shot and deliver the presentation. I'm Rich Gorman with Sandler Rule Number 22, only give a presentation for the kill. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. Well, this is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Erlen Russell uh, with Tiger Stop. Erlen, I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, pretty straight questions. So how many sales reps does Tiger Stop have uh, across the country? Three. Three folks to handle the entire United States. That's correct. There are three territories. We work through distribution in those territories. Okay, so approximately how many distributors are there in each person's territory? It's easier to talk about the uh, number nationwide. Nationwide, okay. Nationwide. Uh, we have about 180 distributors, of which uh, about uh, 100 of them are actually produced well. And the other 80 should be fired? Well, Mike, my policy is I don't fire them. I just don't pay any attention to them. They might sell a machine by mistake. Okay, and you have 100 that are actively participating and selling Tiger Stop machines. That's correct, Mike. Now, for those guys who aren't in the, and ladies who are not in the manufacturing world, give them a, an idea of what the price range of Tiger Stop is. This is capital equipment. It's capital equipment, and it's at the bottom of the range for capital equipment. A standard Tiger Stop, 10-foot Tiger Stop, uh, runs about $7,500. And then we have machines that go all the way up to over 100000 Okay, that's something I guess I gotta go home with today. I gotta get me a tiger stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I could probably use a deer stop. Uh, <laughs> you have something like that. That's right. <laughs> we got a lot of deer in, in, here in Cincinnati. Uh, what are the obstacles you see in 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 the marketplace to growing your business? Probably the number one obstacle is uh, the actual sales rep himself. Uh, most of them are. Really? No. So we give them product knowledge. But what I find in each distributor that I'll have one or two champions, and those are the guys that do most of the sales. It's the 80-20 rule. 20% of the sales reps will do 80% of the sales within a given dealership. Mm-hmm. And it works consistently that way. I've never been able to get that to be improved. Now, is that because of the quality of sales reps that the dealers have? Or is it that they're fat, dumb, and happy with the amount of money they're making and they don't really need to, to make any more money by selling Tiger Stops. In the last four years, that hasn't been the case. There had been some of that before, but in the last four years, no. Everybody is hungry, and they need to make sales. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people just simply don't know how to do it. So that really uh, makes my job a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the dealers, unfortunately, I was just listening to your last ad there when you were talking about your organization, is that there are a lot of uh, uh, dealership owners that, as much as I talk to them about Sandler and they can see that I use the system, uh, they're still not convinced that they need that, that they've got their old-fashioned, the old-fashioned method is fine, and they don't need to improve. They, they're they following the old Dale Carnegie mm-hmm. uh, prospect, demo, and close rule. Right. So the problem for me, Mike, is uh, really that the product that we sell is a small machine for these dealers. Most of the distributors that I work with sell machines that range anywhere from 100 to half a million to a million dollars. So what does Tiger Stop represent to them? Not a lot in terms of overall volume of sales. In their total sales, let's say they sell $100,000 with the Tiger Stops, that's a good dealer for us. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's a small total sale. So I have to come in at the bottom and say, hey, here's what what we offer you. Now, one of the things that we do offer is that TigerStop has high name recognition with 20,000 machines in North America and a lot of print advertising that we do. The product is well known. So by offering this product to the distributor, we actually get them into companies that they have maybe have been trying to get into for years. And now they can get in. And they just need to remember to sell the Tiger Stop when they're in there. But typically, they'll get a Tiger Stop order. Now they're a customer. I mean, now they're a, a, a vendor. And now they have the opportunity to sell more equipment. So that's really the primary incentive, I would say, for most of the dealers and distributors for selling Tiger Stop. So out, out here in the marketplace, we were talking before we went on the air, that you visit a lot of manufacturing plants. Yes, I do. And how busy do you think they are? I'll tell you, Mike, uh, it's very different than what you hear on the news today. Uh, plant after plant that I've gone into uh, in the last six months, these places are busting at the seams. I was at a place yesterday uh, in uh, Ohio where the I asked the guy how busy he was, and he said, busier than ever. Usually this is my slow season. I've got a three-month backlog of work right now. As another customer I have over in Indiana, they are running 24/7, 365. They're so busy they they can't keep up with the business. They're trying to figure out how they can expand quickly enough. And what kind, without giving their name, what kind of a line of work are they in? They are a fabricator of aluminum products. Make aluminum products. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And they sell all over the world. And so what I'm seeing is that the economy is really taking off like a rocket, and the news media just hasn't caught up with it yet. Uh, tooling is another thing that uh, I sell. I sell Tiger Stops to people that make tooling because they need to get the tooling cut to the right size, and they can't get enough material. They're behind. The sharpening rooms are running 24/7. Uh, they uh, uh, because companies can't get the new tooling, they're having to sharpen what they've got and make do. And I guess the other thing, the third thing is, is Mike, I'm on the road a lot. I drive 3,000 to 5,000 miles a month, mm-hmm. traveling all up and down the East Coast. And if you look at the truck traffic on the road, the truck traffic is packed. The roads are packed with trucks now. So this economy is really moving. Yeah, you know, I've noticed that too. I, mm-hmm. I've been traveling a little bit over the last month and saw much more trucks 
than the normal. They disappeared in whatever year 2010. it was, 2009, 2010, the trucks disappeared. They're back with a vengeance. And what's happening now is we also sell lots of the truck manufacturers, hmm. truck manufacturers and trailer manufacturers, and those guys can't keep up. They're working 24-7. They can't build trailers and trucks fast enough. They can't hire enough truck drivers. So what, what you're seeing is that the economy is really about to have or is in the process of a boom cycle right now. It's, it's booming right now, and the news media hasn't caught up. And Tiger Stop sales are up, down, or in, new, in up. neutral? Up. We, up. we have beat our forecast for four months in a row. Well, that's exclusively because of Sandler training, I'm sure. Mike, in large part, it has to do with Sandler training. Uh, but also, uh, we are riding the crest. People are looking to automate mm -hmm. right now. And what TigerStop offers is simple automation on simple machines. Uh, the, the lean manufacturing says keep your old equipment. Don't get rid of it. Get your new equipment and figure out how you can get set up time to zero and your accuracy to 100%. And that's what TigerStop presents to people. Is that what you think people are looking for right now? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. how, how to automate in small ways. Up until 2008, they were automating in big ways. They were buying the big CNC machines. They were buying the machines that cost 500000 to a million dollars. Those machines are all in place. Now they're looking around in the corners. In the last four years, they've started to look around the corners. What else can we do? And TigerStop is a perfect fit for simple automation. When, when TigerStop Tiger is put into a manufacturing plant for cutting material, uh, do you actually reduce the headcount of manufacturing employees? We can do, Mike. Of course, this is a touchy subject. And it's, uh, well, we'll we have... talk about it from a non-union perspective. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Union, non-union, it's, it's, it's a touchy subject because people don't like talking about not having employees around. One of the things that's happening with companies today is they're looking at automation so they don't have to hire more employees. They can grow their business so they Unfortunately, with automation right now, it means that the hiring back cycle is going to be trailing the boom in the economy or industry. And uh, But it's a necessary thing for business to do. Fortunately, business is the main purpose of business is to minimize cost in order to maximize profit. And so right now, all the companies are struggling to do that. The hiring will come back. Okay, Erwin. Uh, we'll continue with this conversation in a moment. We're going to take a... Another short break, and if you want to call in, our number is 646-595-4916. Hey, I'm Eddie Huff from Sandler Training, here to talk about rule number 18, don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. Have you ever jumped in with a great idea that killed your sale? Let me tell you a story, a story about Nancy. Nancy's a second grader in the public school system. She's just finished art class, and she's painted a pretty good picture. It's got a house and sun in it, but it's all over here on the left side. Nancy's art teacher comes by and says, oh, Nancy, that's a very nice picture, but honey, you need something over here on the right side to balance it out. She picks up a paintbrush and paints a seagull over on the right side of the picture. Nancy's very upset. She goes home. That night at the dinner table, Nancy's very quiet. And she pulls out a picture, except it's all folded up into a small square. The dad unfolds it and says, Nancy, darling, that is a beautiful picture. 
very well done. And I especially love the seagull. Well, Nancy bursts into tears, leaves the room. He finds out that the reason she's so upset is because she didn't like the seagull. You see, Nancy didn't put it there. The teacher did. The point is, your prospect has a picture of their needs before you show up for the sales interview. If you start painting seagulls into your prospect's picture, they're going to become just as uncomfortable as Nancy. Every time you make a change to their picture, it leads to mistrust. It leads to rejection of your products and your services. Look, if their picture needs adjusting, instead of telling them or painting a seagull on their picture, let's do it indirectly. Let's help the prospect discover it on their own. Rule number 18, don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. Well, this is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Erlen Russell from Tiger Stop. Erlen, why don't you uh, tell the folks how they can get a hold of you after the show if they have questions about material handling or manufacturing. Hey, Mike. Uh, you can reach me at my phone number, which is 513-515-7489 here in Cincinnati. It's Eastern Time. My philosophy is if you're working, I'm working, so call me whenever that is. If you want to get a hold of me by email, it's E. Russell with two S's and two L's at tigerstop.com. And I invite you to go to our website, which is www.tigerstop.com, and wander around on the website. Take a look at the products. There are a lot of good videos. Our catalogs are available, applications, guides. Uh, it's, a, it's a really supreme website to go look at. And then call me. That brings up an interesting question, Erlen. Uh, are you guys at Tigerstop actually getting orders over the web, even though you work through distribution? Or how are you? what's the web strategy at Tigerstop? We spend a lot of time and money on uh, search engine optimization so that when people are typing in keywords, uh, Tigerstop will show up on their screen. Once they get onto our website, then we do have a place where they can register and ask for more information and where they can get a Tiger Stop. At that point, uh, it's uh, sent out to the salespeople, uh, and I get my uh, opportunities, we call them, uh, that uh, are from the region that I manage, and I assign those to a distributor at that point. So it, our rule is that when we get an opportunity, within two hours, that opportunity is assigned, and within four hours, the customer and the distributor have an email telling them that uh, they have this opportunity and for the customer to tell them who's going to be contacting them. There are many times when I see this, uh, one of these opportunities come through, and like Mike, I told you, I drive a lot every month, and it's uncanny the number of times that I get an opportunity shows up on my iPhone, and I'm probably within five or ten miles of this place, and I'll go in and drop in. They can't believe it that it happens that quickly. Uh, I'll see one on a Sunday morning, and I'll shoot the guy back an email. And, again, they can't believe how quickly we respond. But it's our goal is to respond when the customer is ready. And if they're asking us on our website, they're ready. So if someone has contacted you on the web and you're stopping in at their place an hour or two later, that's uh, 
not really a cold call, but maybe a warm cold call. Why don't you tell us how that goes? Typically, Mike, they're so impressed that uh, many times they'll actually cut a purchase order right then and there when they see us. And if I don't have time to get the distributor in there, which in many cases is, is what happens, uh, the distributor still gets credit for that sale. There was a time once, Mike, I was in uh, uh, in the South. I was coming from Birmingham to uh, Atlanta. And I had a Tiger Stop showroom truck, which is a large truck with a big tiger painted on the side and a very impressive uh, uh, vehicle, and uh, got a call. The guy I talked to said he wanted to find out about Tiger Stop, more about Tiger Stop, and he had three or four of them already. I asked him where he was located, and he told me, and I quickly looked on my GPS to find out where that was, and it was about 10, 15 minutes from where I was. So not only did this guy have a Tiger Stop rep show up at his door, I also pulled this huge truck up in front of his place with a tiger on the front. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe what had just happened. He called, and bingo, we're at his door. So, uh, And we sold him one of our larger machines as a result of that. Well, that's great. So we actually had a success using the Tiger Stop truck. Oh, lots of success using that truck. Is it still on the road? No, we pulled it off the road because it was just too expensive for us to keep running. Uh, but uh, I used it in my territory uh, almost. I had it more more than anybody else did, and I used it for training. So it's it got my territory off to a very good start. Great, great. Uh, since you're probably so busy, you don't need any new prospects. Is that a fair <laughs> thing to say, Erla? Mike, you know that's not true. We're always looking for new prospects. And to that end, we do a lot of printed advertising. We have our website. Uh, we do a lot of email campaigns. We're constantly mining our current uh, database. And uh, we do a lot of trade shows. Mm-hmm. What did you say you do for networking? <laughs> uh, Mike, I don't actively do any networking, to be very frank with you. So uh, you're probably going to give me an F in that class. Uh, the networking that we do really is through our distributors and just continually working with them. Uh, they're, you know, when we get the trade show leads, obviously we're working those. I'd say the primary way that I do it is probably real basic, Mike. When I visit a customer, with an end user with a distributor, I will usually ask that person, if they were me traveling in that area, who else would I call on? in the local area. And most of the time, uh, that uh, that yields three or four re- referrals. I usually get their phone numbers. In fact, many times I get the owner of the company to call uh, the person because they know them personally. It's a really effective way of networking. And uh, because it's so personal and because I have people's names and related to someone that I've already sold a machine to, it works very well. Good. So. I guess I'll just give you a little bit of a plug here, folks, for the the Sandler networking course. We have a new Sandler networking course that we're going to do over the over a four week period of time. We're running it Monday morning from eight to ten a.m., starting on June fourth, and that course has a uh, list price of five ninety five. If you mention to Amir Khan that you heard about it here on. Cincinnati Business Talk Radio, you got a $100 discount just for 
letting us know that you're one of our listeners. Uh, that's four classes on four consecutive Monday mornings, and the last one is on July 2nd, uh, which is a a great networking course that Sandler put together uh, about a year ago, and it's actually less than a year ago. This is only the second time that I'm running the course here in Cincinnati, and what we've decided to do is run it in an accelerated fashion, so we're finishing five works, weeks' worth of material in four. And uh, if you want to grow your business easily, networking is a great way to do it. If you network in the right forms, and, we, and we'll teach people how to do that, and make strategic alliances really work, as opposed to just being a couple of fancy words. Uh, Erlen, you've been a Sandler client now for how many years? Ten years. Ten years, that long. Mm-hmm. And as you think back over the last ten years, and all that time you've been with Tiger Stop, or almost all that time. That's correct. What are the, some of the most important things that you've learned? And which ones have made you the most money? Uh, the first one I would say, and the most important, is planning. Making sure that I have a plan that works, that I that I back that plan up from an ultimate goal. Let's just say I have a dollar figure that I have in mind. I need to interpret that dollar number into number of units of Tiger Stop, and then I need to back that off so that I know how many sales I need, how many face-to-face meetings I need, how much dealer time I need to spend, all the way down to how many phone calls I need to make every day, how many dollars do I need to uh, talk about every day, and then um, and I really break that down right to an hour basis. So I take my annual plan and I break it down right to one hour. And Mike, it was the Sandler course that helped me to do that. Uh, you had a, uh, a journal that you had me keep, in which I had to keep track of all of the things that I was going to do every day. I had to set goals. I had to put goals that related to business. I had to put goals that related to personal things and how I felt about myself at the end of every day. It was very difficult. I did it for the first 90 days, and my business just changed completely by the end of that 90 days. I dropped it for about six months and realized I needed to give my business another boost, so I reenacted that, and I do that every year. I do it for about three months every year. I kick that back into place, so I go back to basics every time. But I'd say that's the number one money maker that Sandler gave me. There are a lot of techniques about how to handle sales calls, how to handle questions, how to answer questions, but the strategic planning portion of it is the one that really uh, has given me the biggest boost. The Attitude Behavior Journal and Cookbook. Thank you, Mike. I couldn't remember the name of it. You were on such a roll. I'm nervous on the radio here, but yeah, uh, the Activity Behavior Journal. Right. It is a, it's critical. Any salesperson that wants to succeed has to do it. They have to know what they're going to do. They have to actually write the plan out. If you don't have a plan, then you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Thank and the other, the other thing is, one of my basic rules that I had in manufacturing is, is that a bad plan is better than no plan. So make your plan and don't worry about if it's any good. Because if you're really... Uh, paying attention to it and looking at what you're doing, you'll see the results 
you won't be getting the results that you want, and so you will then change the plan. So, mm -hmm. again, a bad plan is better than no plan. Well, you have, you have to have a plan. Mm -hmm. I live by that. Got to have goals. Uh, and here at Sandler, we have the Attitude Behavior Journal, which you can use in an Excel spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. You can put it into your CRM system. We have that now as a direct add-in to uh, Microsoft CRM, ACT, and Salesforce.com, as well as a couple of others that are more expensive, uh, which you can talk about off. We'll talk about offline. Uh, in I just happen to use Goldmine here, and I'm not recommending it for anyone, but it is a great CRM system which we customize to get enough information into it for. Act, actively pursuing cookbook and uh, attitude behavior journal. Uh, for some of our clients, we uh, we even have an online tool called Sales Accountability and a Management Accountability to incorporate the uh, activity in a non-CRM fashion so that you can journalize it easily on a daily basis. You wanted to say something, Earl? Yeah, I did. I think probably one of the most effective things, too, was, Mike, is that you had me sending you my activity behavior journal, and you would critique that for me. So it was great having that trained, professional, other set of eyes looking at my plan and looking at my execution of that plan. One of the things that's really important in Sandler is that you not only are executing your plan, uh, just the activity part of it, but you're also gauging how you feel about yourself at all times during these jobs. And one of the Sandler training uh, benefits is that you learn how to have a good attitude about yourself regardless of the outcome. It's, uh, it's critical that you do that because sales can be, for those people who are in it, especially people like me who are out on their own, uh, it can be really easy to... Uh, uh, get a bad opinion of yourself and to feel bad and get depressed. So it's really important that you have the techniques and the tools for being able to keep yourself on a level ground. Mm -hmm. And based on your experience 10 years ago and what we've seen since then, I tell our clients we really, who are serious about making more money in their businesses. Mm -hmm. They've got to keep that attitude behavior journal up to date for 90 days minimum and become accountable to me and email me your attitude behavior journal. We had uh, one of our newer fellows in the, in the program uh, came to class this morning at 8 a.m. but at 7.43 he sent me an email with his attitude behavior journal. That guy's going to make an extra $100,000. Yeah. Another guy at the same company didn't bother sending the journal. I don't think he's going to make the extra money. Yeah, it, it's critical in, in this whole game of learning how to sell is to making sure that you have a coach. If you've got a good coach, uh, like any other coach, he's not going to you know, just be real nice to you all the time. He's going to tell you where you're wrong. And one thing I notice about Mike, and I really appreciate him as a trainer, is he doesn't have favorites in his classes. Uh, he will put you on the spot if you're doing something wrong. He points it right out to you immediately. I was on a trip one time uh, where I'd been away from class for six, eight weeks. I came back in. Mike immediately put me in the role play, which I hate. 
because I'm not any good at role play because he puts me in a retail environment and I don't know what I'm doing. But anyways, so I'm going. And I put me in a role play with a guy and I destroyed this guy. I took him apart, my, the other guy in the role play. Mike yelled at me. He said, Erlen, what are you doing? And I said, what, Mike? He said, Erlen, you haven't done any of the things that I've taught you over the years. You haven't made this guy feel good. You haven't done any of the bonding and rapport steps. You're just ripping him apart. Where the heck have you been? Have you been in New York or Long Island? I said, yeah, I have, Mike. He says, well, you got to change your colors. you got to change your coat when you come into Cincinnati. You can't act that way. Works in Long Island, works in New York, but you can't do it in Cincinnati. If you're going to Alabama, you're really going to be some. Right, so I liked it, it. It was a solid lesson for me to learn. Yeah, I like to tell people Cincinnati is a series of small towns, mm -hmm. not a city. It's separated by a river that's 350 miles wide. <laughs> and everybody knows one another. Earlon, we're going to take a, a short break, and then we'll be back in a moment. professional salesperson is always going to the bank, always thinking about going to the bank. So let's talk about some of the things that may be holding us back. Uh, it's been my experience down through the years that a lot of salespeople will engage in almost any activity necessary uh, perhaps to, uh, to think they're build, building relationships or they're out there trying to show a prospect how, how much they know, they do a lot of educating. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes they're not even in front of the right prospect, which, which is a huge problem. They're busy doing proposals and quotes and demos and samples and bid work, uh, perhaps to unqualified prospects. And then they wonder uh, how come they're not producing the results that they want to do. And let's face it, sales is money. Uh, if, if you're in sales for any reason other than to want to make money, you may want to take a look at, at why you're doing this. Obviously, we need to prospect. We need to prospect a lot. We know that some salespeople don't enjoy that. Uh, but if you don't get in front of enough of the right prospects, you're going to struggle going to the bank. Typically, when I schedule an appointment with someone, I want to know why I'm going there. When I show up and I'm in front of a prospect, why am I there? Okay? And both of us need to know if it's one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, what's the purpose of this meeting? Okay. Uh, it is to qualify or to disqualify. So if I'm in a longer selling cycle, I'm qualifying or disqualifying to see if I've got a second or third or subsequent meeting. Uh, if I'm in a one-call close business, I've got to get a decision, yes or no, are we going to work together? Uh, but I've got to make sure that I'm asking the right questions to get the results that we need. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of salespeople do telling instead of selling. Ask yourself that question. Am I selling? Am I telling? How much of my time am I spent educating, uh, giving away the wrong information, and, and ultimately walking away with some kind of a platitude that says, hey, looks good, we'll get back to you. So take a look at your activity. Where are you spending your time? Are you doing it correctly? Is it paying off for you? Make sure you know why you're there, and that's to, to, to produce results to go to the bank. This is Mike Roth. 
Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back here with Erlen Russell. And uh, Erlen, uh, since we don't have any callers today, what I thought I'd do is I'd ask you a, a really tough question that you probably can't answer. You couldn't tell the, the folks about one or two of the Sandler techniques that, that I've taught to you that have really made a difference in your life and in your business. Mike, I can do that. And if you want to replay this show and listen to what Mike just did to me, he used Sandler techniques to get me to say that, yes, I will gladly answer the question. So here's what happens with, with the Sandler system is that it's uh, kind of counterintuitive. And if I hadn't taken this course, I would have failed in sales. There's no question about it, because I would have used the old grip-and-grin relationship selling. And that depends, that requires that your customers are loyal to you, and there is no loyalty today. The other thing that happens is when you go on a sales call, the customer, the prospect, has a system that they use, and they use it against you. And if, you're, if you've been in sales for a while and you're a astute salesperson, you'll realize that what they do to you, and every customer does it, they do it exactly the same way. Most salespeople go the way the customer wants you to go in the sales process. What Sandler does for you is it says you have to take control of the sales call. Right from the minute that you meet them, you have to be in control. How the bonding and rapport is handled, you have to make sure that the customer understands what the meeting is going to be like. You tell them what it is that you're going to do and how you're going to do it right up front. And then you proceed to find out what the issues are that they're having, how do they make their decisions, who are the people involved. These are all things that most people avoid. And the Sandler system zeroes right in on this so that you can't fail if you follow the system. A lot of sales guys that I work with don't like to use the Sandler system because they consider it to be corny or tricky. I can guarantee you from 10 years of experience that when you apply it, the customer really appreciates it. They're glad that you're in control, that they don't have to be in control, and uh, and you will get more orders. The sales will be there because, again, you can you know how to drive the sales to completion because of this plan. It's it's uh, it's infallible. When it fails, it's because I don't execute correctly. I forgot something. Mike did something in one of the classes. It was a great thing. He made me make this little picture of David Sandler on a little disc. I punch a hole in it. I had to hang it from an elastic band from the mirror in my car. 
So here's a picture of David Sandler, the guy who developed this whole sales training system. And on the back of it, he had me write, you said what? Now, that sounds corny. That sounds kind of silly. Who's going to want to hang that in front of their mirror? But I've done everything that Mike has ever suggested that I did, and it works beautifully because what it trained me to do was to make sure that I reviewed my sales call, that I said to myself, what did I do right and what did I do wrong? And by saying, you said what, means, oh, geez, I did this badly, I did that badly. So I might feel like beating myself up a little bit because of what I, mistakes I made on that call, but what it helped me to do was to be better on the next call. The other technique that Mike taught me that has really helped a lot, and I see it in his classes with all of his students, is to write scripts. I'm not good on my feet. I don't think quickly. Uh, I'm a person that works on a slow boil, so the first time I'm in a situation I haven't been in before, it takes me 24 hours and I have figured out what I should have done. So by writing it down and remembering those scripts, of here's what happened and here's what I should have said, writing it down, now the next time it happened, wow, I look like a professional. I can react really quickly. I'm not reacting quickly. I'm repeating back what I learned at a previous time. And it keeps me out of trouble. It keeps me on track. It keeps me from getting in the way because I've got my scripts. I've got my lines. I know exactly what to do in any situation. And as long as you don't deliver the lines badly, nobody knows that you're reading from a script. Yeah. One of the Sandler rules is sales is a Broadway play performed by a psychiatrist. And most salespeople aren't born actors. They have to learn how to act. So one of our classes in August this year is Acting 101 for Salespeople. That's a great class. Acting for Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike even does another class, which it might seem silly on the face of it. but uh, And I, I thought so really the first time I experienced it, but he spent about a half hour, 45 minutes on handshaking. It's critical. It happens in the first few seconds that you meet somebody, and that's when you make your first impression. So understanding the handshake is really critical, and I learned that from Mike. Why don't you tell the folks what you learned to change during the handshake, during that 30 yeah. milliseconds? Now, you've got, a, you've got, you've got a, a split second in which to match and mirror that handshake. So if somebody comes at you with a really strong handshake, you have to have an equally strong handshake. It shows them that you're like they are. Uh, Mike surprised me in the class because he walked up to me to shake hands with me and he, there was this limp fish. I didn't know how to react to it. I do now. But it's very difficult. There are people that grab your fingers before you, you have your hand. You know, the, the, the typical handshake is you like to sort of get the, the crotch between your index finger and your thumb sort of firmly placed on the other person's hand. Well, some people don't allow you to do that. They grab your fingers before you have a chance to even get into a decent handshake. So how do you react to that? It's a split second. And only if you practice it will you be able to do it when you actually meet this person that shakes your hand in that way. I guess that was some of the, the genius that David Sandler had. And I could still hear him in the back of my head saying, you said what? Yeah. <laughs> you said what? Yeah, I can, I can hear that. Uh, but David figured out that the way, as human beings, the way we learn is long-term positive reinforcement training. And probably four or five years ago, when Sandler went out to hire a new advertising agency for our national branding, and we looked at all of our competition and said, how is Sandler different than all of the other competition out there? 
our agency discovered it was we are the only sales training and sales management training and customer service training company that has long-term positive reinforcement as a standard part of our brand and our delivery method. Mm-hmm. You know, we teach over 40 hours a, a month here of Sandler training. Uh, not everyone needs every everything, but it's long-term positive reinforcement. So you get the right number of repetitions. You can get the right material, company owner. You can even thought new people without having to worry that they, they'll get lost because we have a foundations program that we run every couple of months to bring new people up to speed relatively rapidly so they can sit in any class and not have any trouble. I'll tell you, Mike, there's one thing about your classes. Uh, they're expensive. spent a lot of money with you. I've made that money back ten times. Easy. More. It's, uh, it's been the best investment I've ever made because it's increased my income manyfold. And so and the other thing is about your classes is they're tough. you got, you got to be willing to come to class and work. I would recommend anybody that attends Mike's class when he asks you who wants to volunteer to play the part of the salesman or play the part of the customer, always volunteer to be the salesman because that's where you're going to learn the most. It's the most scary, it's the hardest part, but you will become a superior salesperson if you do so. Ron, I want to thank you for uh, sharing your insights with our guests. And at some point in the future, we may ask you to come back. Uh, Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.